Big Trust, woo woo. That was not the case. Last, as the Tennessee Titans had upset the Baltimore Ravens 28 to 12, there was no trust at all in that Baltimore Ravens offense. As Lamar Jackson ended up throwing the ball 59 times, Mark Ingram, we all knew that he wasn't going to be 100%. I really truly believe in Justin Hill and Gus Edward, but Lamar Jackson didn't believe in him because a lot of read options, he kept the ball. He didn't give it to him. He should have gave it to him on a few plays when they read the read options. And it was just an all-terrible game. all-terrible game for the Baltimore Ravens. They got a, a stop on the first possession on defense, then the first possession on offense. Um, receivers were dropping passes. Seth Roberts was not ready to play. Willie Sneed dropped a a third down pass and that that's what started all where Lamar Jackson felt like he had to do everything because he he didn't have no faith in his um talent around him except for Hollywood Brown and he's gonna be real special ladies and gentlemen but in this game Tennessee just out physical Baltimore up and down you look at the stat sheets yes Baltimore had beat Tennessee on almost every statistical category except for rushing yards. And that's something that Tennessee Titans does well. And that's something Baltimore Reed does well too. But you got to give it to the backs. Most definitely, you got to give it to the backs. And let's go to the um, recap. The first um, touchdown, great catch by John New Smith. Ryan Ted Hill had laid out there where only John New Smith could catch the ball. Made a great one-hand catch. Got one foot in and his hip in. That score, touchdown. Second quarter after Baltimore did not convert on the fourth down and one, which Lamar Jackson needs to learn how to quarterback sneak. The um, very next play, Ryan Tannehill threw a big 45-yard touchdown pass to Khalif Raymond. And this is the reason why Tannehill is the starting quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. We're not actually going to go out there and throw – 300 plus yards every game, but in those moments right there, you could rely on him and you know that he'll get the ball down the field and he'll have no hesitation at all. And he threw a perfect dime to Khalif Raymond. Baltimore, they kicked two field goals to decrease the lead to eight, 14-6 at halftime. Third quarter, great play calling for the offensive staff of Tennessee. Derrick Henry, Wildcat formation, jump past Corey Davis. Perfectly executed. Tennessee up 21-6. Ryan Tannehill off of a read option. One-yard run. He followed his blocks, unlike Lamar Jackson. He followed his block and, you know, a big, strong guy at 6'5", 230-plus pounds, will his way in for the one-yard score. Then the fourth-quarter last score of the game was a 15-yard pass to Hayden Hurst by Lamar Jackson. Too little, too late. And going back to the last fourth and inches, that Baltimore could have converted. Lamar Jackson did not follow his blocks. You got to follow your block. You got to trust your teammate. He didn't have no trust in his teammates. Let's call it what it is. He didn't have no trust in his teammates. And once he go and look at the film today, he's going to be kicking himself in the ass, literally. Because there was a lot of plays that was left off the field, well, left on the field, excuse me, by him and that Baltimore offense. And you got to trust Gus Edwards more. And he just, you know, overthink himself. And that's because Baltimore Ravens have been a front-running team all year long. 
come in with a 12-game winning streak. And, you know, it was all fun and excitement. But once they got down 14-0, it was not all fun and excitement. It was all, you know, just, it was just, it was very tight. It was a very tight team. And the defensive line of Tennessee had out physical them. The whole defense, actually. But it start up front. The reason why, ladies and gentlemen, I continue to say that the offensive line, then the defensive line are the two most important positions in football. And this is a perfect example right there. And I'll go to the other game, too, where you can come here and say that the offensive line of San Francisco had dominated the Minnesota Vikings, and that's the reason why they won that game. When you do not have a strong offensive line that could move the front four of the defensive line, your quarterback's going to be in trouble. Your run game's not going to get going. And that's what happened with the Baltimore Ravens. For some reason, Greg Roman didn't use double team on Jarrell Casey. Uh, like, adjustment, please. None whatsoever. And he got a little bit fancy and outthink himself. Playoff games are lost more than they are won. And a lot of times, coordinators trying to go in there and trying to get out their elements and trying to do something, you know, that's not their strong suit. Because, yes, Tennessee know what your strength are. They know what you're good at. But this is not chess or checkers. This is not that game. This is football. You know what we're going to do. As Tennessee Titans has said, you know what we're going to do. We're going to run Derrick Henry. Stop us. As Baltimore, they trying to get creative and trying to out-coach and outsmart the Tennessee Titans. But Tennessee Titans basically out-coached the Baltimore Ravens, and they didn't do nothing spectacular, according to what Lamar Jackson has said. They didn't do anything spectacular. They went and stuck with their guts. They trust their strength on offense and defense, and just out physical the Baltimore Ravens, as the Ravens really pretty much got finesse in this game. Let's call it what it is. They got finesse in this game, and they depend on Lamar Jackson too much. And I already knew that the receiving core was going to be an issue coming into this playoffs. But, man, like, Lamar Jackson could throw the ball. He got good pocket awareness. He stood in the pocket a lot of times and gave his receivers a chance to make plays, but they did not make plays for him early on. And for a young quarterback, you know, that's put him in a position where he thinks that he got to go out there and do everything and got to be the hero. And he started playing out of his element. Oh, everybody wants to be a question John Harbaugh and his decision to go for four down inches, four down to one. I don't question it. It's just the lack of execution on your team. Like, you got to play to win. And, yes, you can still here say, like, well, if he had kicked these two field goals, they'd still be a strike distance. But, really, their defense, they didn't want none of Derrick Henry. They did not want to tackle this man on a third down and short where they could stop the Tennessee Titans after they miss on the fourth down and inches. And Matthew Judon, he's your linebacker. He came in and basically just shoulder tackled Derrick Henry, and Derrick Henry just shield him off and just took off for a six-six yard game. Uh, your your defense was not physical at all. Your linebackers were nowhere to be found. Earl Thomas, 
if you still want to play in this league, you cannot. You gonna have to adjust the way you play, because you don't have the, the speed anymore to jump up into the box than trying to go cover thirty yards down the field. You don't have that type of speed anymore. That's not your game anymore. Like you, you lost it. Just, just being honest, just being real, and that's why I think they had lean on him too much of trying to make sure that he's there for run support. And Tennessee, they just play simple. Earl Thomas, you want to come down the box? Okay. I'm going to play action, and I'm going to hit some of my guys down the field, such as that 45-yard touchdown pass to Khalid Raymond. Tennessee just went there, out-physical them, out-man them. They didn't do anything spectacular. They're like, this is who we are. This is what we're going to do. Can't stop us. And Baltimore Ravens didn't have no answers. And it was a very disappointing end to the season for the Baltimore Ravens. So Tennessee, they will face the winner of the Houston Texans and the Kansas City Chiefs game, which is at 3 o'clock today. And as far as like, the Baltimore Ravens, they need to go get them a veteran wide receivers. I like Marquise Brown. I still like Mark Andrews and Hayden Hurst, but your offense, going, your offense really needs some perimeter guys out there. I thought Seth Roberts, I thought he was going to be key in this game. And they did look for him early in the game, but he was not ready to play. He wasn't ready to play. Like, he, like he's he's not that guy. That was your opportunity, and you already know in the game of football, you don't get that many opportunities in the game of football to, like, actually be that guy. And he had a couple of drop passes. He had one pass where he got went for the ball, but he saw the defender right in front of his face and didn't even attempt to try to catch the ball. He wasn't ready. Baltimore is going to have to go ahead and sign him a veteran free agent. Not draft one, because you already got a lot of young receivers as it is. And Willie Snead, Willie Snead actually had him, you know, some good good couple years with New Orleans. I thought he would help out this pass offense, but he's not that guy either. He had too many drop passes throughout the season. Like he's got to convert. You got to make plays for your quarterback. Your young second-year quarterback. Lamar Jackson, you know, most likely will get... MVP this year, but no, that's that that won't be enough. That won't be satisfying for him at all. And like, yeah, I get MVP, but damn, look how I have finished off this season. I finished off this season, you know, terribly. Get exit in the very first game of the postseason. Everybody had high expectation. Everybody expect Baltimore made to the Super Bowl, but I knew this defense could get run on. But I thought during this twelve game winning streak, I thought leadership of Earl Thomas. Will not let this defense, you know, get out fiscal. But obviously, they either did not listen to him or heart. And a wise person had told me this when I had played football: is that I cannot give you heart. Heart is something that you had to find within. And obviously, Baltimore didn't find the heart within themselves. And they need some linebackers also in the off season. Definitely need some linebackers. Because their linebacker was nowhere to be found in that game. I don't even know who that linebacker is, to be all honest with you. Because in that game, <laughs> the Tennessee offensive line swallowed them. Getting up to the second level and just basically just pancake them. You can't even see their jersey number. You didn't even know they really actually exist. All you saw was Earl Thomas in the box. That's it. And you didn't know like, if they have any linebackers. 
seemed like they was playing a 6-1 defense. That's how bad the front seven look, particularly at linebackers. But give Tennessee credit, and Tennessee did what they supposed to do. Mike Vrabel been in the trenches. He know his X and O's. He know how to get his team prepared. And this is only his second second year as a head coach. So he made a, a fine transition from being a long-time player under Bill Belichick and learned the ropes from him as being a player and being the assistant coach on that Tennessee staff. And here he is right now playing in the AFC Championship game. Not playing, but coaching in the AFC Championship game. So give all the credit to Tennessee Titans for this victory. The earlier game of um, of the Saturday slate was the San Francisco 49ers and the Minnesota Vikings. San Francisco 49ers just out physical Minnesota. Once again, the offensive line. The offensive line for the San Francisco was pushing Minnesota defensive line back two, three yards. And that's why Tevin Coleman, who looked like he was about to be an afterthought after Raheem Mostert having him a, a real spectacular second half of the season, Tevin Coleman had 22 carries, 105 yards, and two touchdowns. The passing game still need room for improvement, but they didn't have to do much because the running game and the defense, they did their part. And that's what it all came down to, just playing playoff football. All that little fancy stuff, breaking all these <clears throat> You know, passing yard records and receiving yard records, all that stuff is dead once it's coming to the uh, postseason. It's all about can I beat my man one on one? Can I out physical my man one on one? And that's what San Francisco 49 offensive line did. So, going to the recap of the game scores, first score of the game was a three yard touchdown pass by Jimmy Garoppolo to Kendrick Bourne. Uh, it was a great first possession by the 49ers. 49ers came out there, hit Minnesota right there in the mouth. Jimmy Garoppolo made some, you know, good passes, better catches by Emmanuel Sanders and Debo Samuels. And they had made some plays early on to get the San Francisco 49ers rolling. His receivers had made plays to begin the game. Then you already know Richard Sherman covered half of the field. So going down on the next possession, Kirk Cousins continued to attack Witherspoon. And he threw a 41-yard touchdown pass to Stephon Diggs on third down. And the game was 7-7 at the end of the first quarter. Second quarter, Tevin Coleman ran it in for a one-yard run. 14-7, San Francisco. Then Dan Bailey kicked a 39-yard field goal to San Minnesota with a 10-14 deficit at halftime. The game was still in reach. Third quarter, San Francisco, San Francisco had drive and Robert Gold in with a 35-yard field goal. Then the defense continued to make plays. Kirk Cousin wasn't affected at all, mainly because his offensive line was getting beat. And when he did have time to throw the ball, he couldn't throw it. And overall, his completion percentage was very high. 21 out of 29, 172 yards, one touchdown, a pick, which... He threw in the fourth quarter. Minnesota tried to get back in the game, and he threw it to Richard Sherman. And I told you, Richard Sherman covered half of the field. And the last score of the game was Robert Gold with a 21-yard field goal, 27-10. to 
And going back to the stats, like Minnesota office line couldn't get no gaps for Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook, you know, he he didn't have that heart to like actually go out there trying to run and be physical with the 49ers front seven. They really got to him. And Stephon Diggs, besides that 41-yard catch for a touchdown, he only had one reception for 16 yards for the rest of the game. It was a non-factor. And for the San Francisco 49ers, their leading receiver was Debo Samuels, three receptions, 42 yards. George Kittle did rehab himself again. He only had um he only had three receptions for 16 yards. So the San Francisco, they won it with the run game and the defense. And once again, offensive line, the most important position on the field. Defense line is the second most important position on the field in a game of football. <clears throat> it's all in the trenches. You win your battle up front, team that win a battle most in the front will most likely win. And that's what the 49ers did. Plain and simple. They didn't do anything spectacular. They didn't, you know, try to do no trick plays or, you know, try to outsmart the defense or the offense. They played their game. They said, this is what we're going to do. Can you stop us? Can you make plays on us? Minnesota didn't have no answers. Especially with their run game. I knew Dalvin Cook was going to be huge. But he only had nine carries for 18 yards. And something you got to tell me about Dalvin Cook, man. Like, I don't know if he really have the true heart or the will to actually take over games in big, in big games like this. He's on his third year, yes. But usually around that time of your career, we pretty much know, like, what do you have? Not far as talent-wise, but do you have what it takes heart-to-heart to, like, actually go out there and be that guy? For your team. We know that Minnesota coming in, their offense going to have to get to a fast start. And most definitely it had to start with Dalvin Cook. And they still had a chance to like establish a true run game with Dalvin Cook. After Stephon Diggs caught his touchdown pass early, well, in the middle of the first quarter. And the defense of Minnesota, like, they just cannot withstand the offensive line of San Francisco. Like they they played well in the passing game, I guess, but David Coleman, Raheem Mostert, who had himself up a good game, also he had twelve carries, fifty eight yards. They really shut him out. Nor did the uh, San Francisco coaching staff didn't give him the ball. But that three headed monster, well, actually it was only a two headed monster yesterday between Tevin Coleman and Raheem Mostert was the most affected on their offense. So that's that's all it takes, man, like in the game of football, especially postseason football. You you just try to continue to like keep the game much simple. If you gotta put a trick out your hat, you know, you do it at the most crucial time. But as far as like your game plan, do continue to do what you do best. Everybody know what you do best come postseason time. That's what any sports, even in the game of basketball, everybody know what you do best. And you just want to have lined up and see if they could stop you. If they cannot stop you, then you continue to do it. If they continue to stop you, then you have to make some adjustments. But sometimes, like, these coaches, they just really overthink themselves. They really, you know, go with something completely, totally different when it comes to their adjustments. And usually backfire on them. 
Sometimes you just may take like, you know, a little tweet. Sometimes you may have changed, you know, your blocking assignments up front. It's not necessarily like, you know, play calls. Sometimes like, you know, hey, this is what this guy is doing. Okay, well, you know, we're going to have to like, you know, change up the block assignment instead of the guard going out there and get the linebacker. Maybe my have my guard, you know, block down on a defensive tackle and have my center strip there and go get the linebacker. Or I knew they come in blitzing, they blitzing, you know, through the B gas or through the C gas. Then I had to like, you know, slide my protection and maybe I'll have to like, you know, call a hot, hot route and, you know, alter, you know, a route with my slot receiver or my wide receiver. You know, the simple, little simple stuff like that. But don't just come here and just like change the whole game plan. Change all your plays. You just got to make little tweaks here and there. And that's why... I'm not a big fan of analytics because analytics, analytics, they really could alter the way you really coach the game. And they actually made the game more complicated than what it really needs to be. And a lot of these coaches in sports, they lean on analytics too much instead of leaning on their own guts, their own instincts of their own knowledge of the game. Lean on to your own knowledge of the game. And that's why I didn't fall John Harbaugh going for fourth down those two times because my offensive line is the best offensive line. Well, now it's Tennessee Titans that had the best offensive line after the last night game. But your offensive line has been the best all season long. You tell me that I don't have enough faith in them to go out there and give me a few inches? Come on now, really? That's just like execution on the players' part. That's just not coaching. I know everybody want to play safe because that's the world we live in. We have been living in this world like this for a long time, where we just want to sit here and play safe. But you sit here playing safe, you'll miss out on a lot of opportunity. Sometimes you won't have to, like, you know, take those chances, take them risks. Sometimes it will benefit, sometimes it doesn't. But I, if I was John Harbaugh, I would not question myself again about whether I should have went, went for it on fourth down. I would have done it again. My players who had trusted, they got to execute. And that's all it is to it. And we so much want to like blame on the head coach all the time when the players don't go out there and execute. It was a perfect play call. Well, not play call, because they can't call a better play, Greg Roman. But it was, you know, a, a perfect decision on his part, and they just had to execute. San Francisco had executed on all phases of the game. Minnesota didn't. Like I said, Kirk Cousin. You know, completion-wise, he didn't have a bad game. He went 21-29. Didn't get the ball down the field because that's how legit um, San Francisco secondary really is. And actually, they had made some some key plays, especially at the safety position. Jimmy Ward had a couple of big-time hits where Minnesota could have got back into the game. And on that fourth down play towards the end of the game, Irv Smith, great catch, but Jimmy Ward was right there at the stick to meet him. And it was turnover on downs. Got to go out there and make plays. Got to go out there and make plays, man. Like, you know, just trust yourself. So that's why you heard me at the beginning of the show talking about some woo-woo big trust because that was not the case for the Baltimore Ravens, but that was the case for the Tennessee Titans and the San Francisco 49ers. So today game, ladies and gentlemen, today game, first off, we got the Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texans. Kansas City Chiefs at home. I think Kansas City Chiefs will win this game. X-Factor in this game will be Tyron Matthew. 
Tyron Matthew played for Houston last season. And Houston defense, you saw that they had suffered the absence of Tyron Matthew this year. And I think that's going to be the biggest difference in this game. Where one team had Tyron Matthew and the other team don't. Uh, you, you can sit here and analyze and compare their offense. I think both teams' offense are very exceptional. But however, you know, in postseason football, it's all about the defense. And, you know, KC defense has been much better, much improved from last season. I think they will go out there and make one more play than the Houston Texans defense. Everybody can come here and say, like, oh, they got J.J. Watts back. Okay, and so? <laughs> like, he, they, as a group together, they are average at best, the Houston Texas defense. And they could reuse somebody like a Tyron Matthew, but they decide not to resign him. And that's going to bite them in the ass in today's game, as I, I picked the Chiefs to win the game. And later, after that game will be the Seattle Seahawks versus the Green Bay Packers. And Green Bay Packers are at home. It's supposed to be a foot of snow in Green Bay. Green Bay have the advantage in this game. But defense, their, their defense could get run on. And the games that the Packers had struggled in, just like the Baltimore Ravens, their run defense was nowhere to be found. So I know that's why Pete Carroll... He immediately say that Marshawn Lynch would get more snaps in this game because he knows that's the Packers' weakness. And to the Seattle Seahawks' strength, um, we already know the chemistry that Tyler Lockett and Russell Wilson have built over the past few years, but that chemistry between Wilson and Metcalf, that's going to be something special. And the Packers' secondary can be had. And when you got somebody that's 6'4", 230 pounds that run a 4'3", you better use him. But I am very concerned about the weather because DK Metcalf, he's only a rookie. He plays college ball at Ole Miss, and he's from Oxford, Mississippi. So he's all about the warm weather. And in this type of condition where it's going to be 20-something degrees and over a foot of snow, that's going to be a huge factor for somebody like him that really have been had that much experience playing in such condition. Let alone some a 25-degree um, weather condition. But it's a game of football, and it's all about will. And, you know, there is no such thing as, you know, comfortability. You want to get, get comfortable, you got to make yourself comfortable. So, all in all, I, mean, I think when it comes down to it, I think the Seattle Seahawks defense led by Bobby Wagner, and I think the pass rusher, Jadavion Clowney, he's going to be the X factor. If Jadavion Clowney become a game breaker, and if you could get to Aaron Rodgers and not just only sack him, but you know, get him off rhythm. If you get him off his timing with his receivers with the pass rush, it's going to be a long day for that Packers offense who have been very inconsistent. And I don't believe that Aaron Jones, spectacular year for Aaron Jones, and that's what really saved the Packers offense because of that running game. But his size versus those Seahawks linebackers, they're not going to miss some tackles. They're not missing tackles. Bobby Wagner's not going to miss open field tackles. And in this condition, in this weather, you know, you need to be able to run in between the guards, in between the tackles, if you're the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Jones. 
I don't think that won't be the case in this game. So I got the Seattle Seahawks edging out in a low-scoring fair versus the Green Bay Packers. And that'll be my time, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that you enjoy this podcast. And if you'd like to add me on Twitter, you can add me on Twitter at DocDreMedia. And you can also follow me on Facebook, DeAndre Johnson, simply. And you can also get this podcast on Spotify, Google, Overcast, and on Anchor. So hope you guys enjoy Sunday football. And for the people that got to work during this game, feel bad for you, but there's always the biggest game that's coming up in the next three weeks, and that's the Super Bowl. Everybody should have that should have a day off unless you work in, you know, in hospitality. That's my time, ladies and gentlemen. Stay blessed, stay faithful in everything that you do. Trust yourself. Love.